Hello and welcome back to View from the Pew. Now this is a podcast that discusses the Bible just from an angle of an everyday person. It, it has a lot going on. You've got drama and, and love stories. All this happens in the Bible, but it's not exactly as boring as people would think. So we have been discussing Genesis and now we're in Exodus and today we're going to be discussing Exodus chapter 17 through 19. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce you to some of my church members. Some of which are Sister Chatty. Hello. Sister Debbie D. Hi. And yours truly, Sister Sweet Pea. Now, we are starting with only three chapters, chapters 17, 18, and 19 of Exodus. If you want to follow along, and we will be using the King James Version. So feel free to follow along. Now, of course, it basically just picks up from where uh, Pharaoh lets the people go. And here they are. It was called the Wilderness of Sin, quote unquote. And the children of Israel were journeying and they were going and all of a sudden they got thirsty. And instead of just saying, oh, all right, we thirsty, they began to start chiding, it said. The people chided with Moses. Well, chided actually means to scold or rebuke. And that's going to lead me to my very first question. Is it ever all right to scold or rebuke an elder? Who would like to go first? I have a question, a counter question. Sure. When you say elder... Just old people, or do you? <laughs> Very good point. I guess I'm bringing up really far in, in our modern terms, but back then, they're um, they actually called elders that they called along with them. But your preacher or the man of God, your leader, so all right, or elder, either one of those. Because um, later on, you'll see in the chapter, God said, "Go get the elders," and they walked up. So anybody that's your elder, you're, you're we call them pastors, uh, bishops now. Pro- is it, is it like, people in authority, as you say, is it all right? Because they, they chided with Moses. And he said, why did you chide would, with I me? I would say no. Um, if they have um, an authoritative position, there's a reason for it, especially if God placed them there. If they are wrong, then God will deal with them. He has people designated to do so because it's a certain way in a certain air in which you are to do that. For the Bible to use the word chided, I'm under the impression that it was... Um, snarky or disrespectful because they're coming off of emotions. It wasn't based on what they thought God was doing. It's just that they what they could see and understand, which is not on the level of Moses because they weren't the deliverer. They were being delivered. So, no, it's to me, no, it's not ever a time to chide your elder. If you think they're wrong, then you just need to be quiet. Hold on a little bit longer because they already have an understanding that we don't have hence them being the leader um now if it's an elder if it's like a nursing home type situation and you got to get them you know that's the reason i ask yeah, like if you're a cna or a nurse and that you know once a man twice a child so to speak and they get to doing things that are unseemly or just downright unnecessary then yeah you might have to chide them but in, in the spiritual sense of someone being your elder it could be a younger person but in that sense if they're if they're over you placed by God, then no. You you always uh, have to give that respect, or you should give that respect. And believe me, if you're being, or someone say, over you, all right, so you're the one that's being taught or being led. You are a follower for a reason. So God hasn't placed you in the leadership position. So always remember 
that if they're leading, they're going to have a perspective or they're going to have information that you don't have. So always respect that. Always consider that. No matter how much you think, well, I know. And I'm in the know. I was there. I heard it for myself. Ain't nobody tell me. Uh-uh. No. Well, no matter how much you know, always give that respect. And, and you can go to them maybe later and ask. And then again, it's a time that you just don't. You just wait. Let the Lord just believe God. Amen. You say he's the head of your life. He's driving his train. You go ahead on and just put your trust in him and wait on him to give you that answer or that understanding. I totally, I, I am definitely in agreement. Um, me coming across this, like I said, I, I think about bringing things more so up to modern times because most people now they may or may not have heard about the Bible and they're coming from modern perspective going, what in the world does that mean? So I just kind of begin to think about that and how it said that they were just kind of, I think the scripture said literally they ch- to, to chide with Moses. And um, Moses turned around and was like, why are you, why did you chide with me? Like, why are you being sassy about Why are you rebuking me? And he went to God. And um, I began to think about it because now in a society, we got everything going on. You have people trying to be positive, you know, and that, everything has a balance. You can go too far one way or too far the other. So I have people that are like, you don't be negative, which is good. Try not to be negative all the time. But they're being so positive. They're like, we're in a self-help mode. So if you see somebody that needs help, you need to help them. Well, as I heard Sister Debbie saying earlier, you're not on their level. So unless their shoe or their, their shoestring needs to be tied or something, if it's dealing with something else, like I said, you let God handle it. And believe me, he will. And um, my mind kind of went to, and I know it's further on in the Bible, but uh, David when it was a whole thing, we'll find out later we can go through it, but King Saul had um, basically went crazy and was trying to kill David. And the people that was with David said, hey, uh, he's sleeping, you need to go ahead and kill him. And then he said, no, that is still a king, that is still chosen by God, so no matter what's going on, he's in authority, I will not lift my hand against him. You know, and I thought, hmm, good point. So that's kind of made me wonder with this whole self-help situation we have going on now. Um, Speaking of that, one of the other things I hear is, you know, when God blesses you, you got to believe it. You got to walk into your blessing. Is it always like that, that you just walk into your blessing? And before I, I ask for an answer, I'm um, dealing with, you have the children of Israel, you know, they got delivered out of Egypt. Yay. Walk part of the Red Sea, kill the enemies. Yay. And then now they're up to the Melekites and they got to fight them. So, um, and God said he would deliver them. So with that in mind, is it always like that when people say, just walk into your blessing? That's all you got to do is just walk in and it's there. So what do y'all think about that? Who wants to go first? What about you, Sister Jane? Well, as far as walking into your blessing, well, <laughs> it just depends on what the blessing is and how the Lord says that you are to attain it. Okay. I'm saying that because, sure, you might walk into your blessing. But when you get through walking, what are you going to do? You're just going to walk in and just stand there. Usually, there's something you have to do. If it ain't nothing but open your hand and receive something, it's something you have to do. So never, never, never even get it in your mind that 
you got this blessing. God's got a blessing for me. And he's going to send that blessing and it's going to, you know, fall in your lap. Unwrap itself. <laughs> you know, go and, uh, you know, if it's, if it's food and you was a little, well, let's say you didn't quite have enough to eat, right. but God is providing, you know, is it going to go in there, walk in there? Put itself on the stove, turn on the... No, it's something you're going to have to do so you get right. ready for it. Right. All right, what about you, Sister Debbie? I agree. I was thinking it. I was going to say at first that it depends on the perception of who you're asking because somebody's going to be prolific enough to spend it how you can't, you know, where to where you can't argue with it. But I agree with what's been said. Whatever the situation, that wasn't a scripture where the Lord said just walk into your ministry. You know... There's always something that you need to do from Adam and Eve being thrown out of the garden in order to have fruits or food. Then all of a sudden Adam had to tell the garden there was something to do. Right. Um, and this being a perfect example, the children of excuse me, the children of Israel got delivered from Egypt. They were the ones being delivered and yet they still had to do something to come into full deliverance. There was a whole trail, I would say, to get to their salvation. Um, they were delivered from Egypt, but they didn't just walk across the Red Sea and boom, in the promised land. They had to walk a nice little way. So if we're going to go through the context or go by the phrase, you just walk into it. Yeah, God didn't tell you how long. He didn't tell you what you were going to encounter on this nature walk. So, and then as Sister Chatty said, once you get there, which you just going to stand there, you, you have to do something to obtain whatever it is like God offered us salvation yes we were saved by him dying on the cross but if we don't receive that salvation then it's null and void to us if they got to the land of milk and honey and just stood outside the gates and telling god they won't move you said this was our city and here they over in there ruining our, our spot could you get them out you know and just wait for god to move them then no so it, there, there's different viewpoints I mean yeah you could just walk into it if that's the case if it's somebody that's been through a whole lot in their life and they're looking at somebody maybe a new Christian and they go well, all you have to do is walk into it to them yes it is a walk because they understand but all you have to do is keep going keep pushing keep walking but you, there's there's things that you might encounter on that on that walk that's a good point I, I kind of thought about the whole if you want a million dollars, name it and claim it, and God's got it and it's yours. But if you never open up your hand or go pick it up, it's like me winning the door prize and they said, All right, you won, you call to the radio station, come pick up your gift basket, your fruit basket, and your new gospel CD. You can tell everybody it's yours all you want to. They can tell you it's yours, but until you get up and go and receive that blessing, that gift or whatever, what good is it? So that's that's right. It's just I hear a lot of um things in society. Where it's more like you know, it's it's so so positive that it's they're kind of forgetting that there's there's some struggles in there somewhere. And God never said that the road would be easy, as the song says. Which brings me to this next question. Now this one is from chapter 18. We got to this point where um, jo Joseph, excuse me, Moses <laughs> met up with Jethro. <laughs> Cute name, by the way. Um, met up with Jethro. And he began to tell him of all the goodness, how God did this. He delivered him part of the Red Sea. And Jethro was like, whoa, 
I know now that God is the God of gods. And he offered up sacrifice. So he was like, ooh, you know, this is good. Well, while he's watching everything and here's Moses sitting there and he's like, all the people coming to him, he's taking care of it. And I love what, what Jethro um, what Jethro said after he kind of watched, watch, watches them, excuse me, watched them. He said, um, in the 18th verse, said, um, the 17th verse said, and Moses' father-in-law, which is Jethro, said unto him, the thing that thou doest is not good. See, every matter that they had going, they, he was taking it on. Now, you realize how many people got delivered from Egypt? It wasn't 20. It wasn't even 100. It was it was quite a bit there, way more. And he's handling each and every matter. Now, he had Aaron, but he was the, male, the main head honcho. And his father-in-law began to tell him, he said, look, thou will surely wear away. Both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee, it's too much for thee, and thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. With that being said, you can turn on TV, you can turn on radio, and it's this whole thing of, it's, yeah, I think it's the millennials or whatever about the whole, you can't tell me anything. Have you done it? You can't tell me nothing. You haven't done it, so what can you tell me? So basically, you don't want to be told anything. Now keeping that in mind, when we have Moses accepting this help from Jethro. And keep in mind, this man's from another land, and he was not a preacher. What do you think about that? It, does that saying apply to this right here? You can't tell me nothing? I want to know what y'all thoughts is on that. Because like I said, Jethro was not from the same land as him. He wasn't even a preacher. Or we call him preachers now, but he wasn't a leader, and he wasn't over the God's people doing all that. He even admitted that those works that were done was beautiful. He wasn't on that level. But he came and he gave Moses advice. He was just a father-in-law. What do y'all? What are your thoughts on that? With the whole, there is no restriction on as far as trying to help. If the message is honest and it's clear and true, I will say it. <laughs> in this situation, I'll stick to this. In this situation, there was nothing wrong with it. He was actually looking out for Moses, and he didn't want to see him wither up you know and then the people perish too because i can only imagine just having a, a workplace full of women is tasking so you <laughs> yes. can imagine yes. hundreds of thousands of peoples if not millions the women the children the petty grown men you know and then the ones that ain't petty the real men fighting over whatever and you dealing with each and every one of those and then in the mix you got a couple of children so and so took my whatever push me off this horse or push me off the ass or whatever yes. may have gone on that that's enough that i don't think i could deal with that you know i'm thinking in terms of i guess i related to modern day times if we have stay-at-home moms they can barely stay at home right. with their own children can right. you imagine a man who does a lot of times by nature they are not as patient as we are yes. they're not as they, they're more just you know do this or else it's not they don't give all these chances that women give so you imagine a man dealing with a bunch of people i mean a whole bunch of people there was nothing wrong with his father-in-law telling him that it had nothing to do with who he served he was looking out for the well-being of moses it could have been pharaoh that said it. it still was true it was something that it needed to be tended to or altered so that Moses could have some life back and his people could thrive a lot better. Um, the the air in society now is they just don't want to be told anything because they, they refuse to do it. And a lot of times they're telling the people they can help them that. They don't seem to be bothered about people that have no convictions themselves but also have 
no sort of uh, wall or barrier about or any kind of hesitation about telling the next person to do something they're not willing to do or haven't done. But then you have those people that if you've done it, you can't tell me anything because you did it, so you're not the one to tell me anything. Then if you haven't done it, that same person will say, well, you haven't done it. You don't understand. Right. When somebody just wants to fail, they're going to fail. I mean, there's a phrase, you know, with the song, don't save us, you don't want to be saved. If they don't want to be saved, and there is nothing you can do. Yes. That's true. What about you, Sister Jenny? Well... I don't feel it was anything wrong with with Moses accepting the help. This was good advice. It wasn't someone that was just out to get him, uh, out to prove him wrong, trying to pretend like they on his side, but they weren't. This was someone, as a sister uh, already brought it to our attention. In other words, they, they're wanting good for him. And so, uh, yes, I mean, accept, be willing to accept whatever help that you can get. You know, as long as it's legal. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you got them out there and they, they may have a, you come across somebody and they may have a, 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 a quick way of uh, getting to whatever it is you're trying to do. But the thing is, you, in other words, you, you have sought God. Yeah. You one that's before God, Moses, that was God's man. And and, and even though he, even, well, let's say he had a job for, for Aaron, no matter what all Aaron did, Moses was God's man. So if this advice was against God, then I believe Moses would have known that. So, so the thing is, be willing, however God sends the help, be willing to accept that help. That's a good point. You have to be willing to accept that it. it's not, like you said, because he was led by God, he was aware of God's voice in the matter, in everything. So he knew if it was in line, if somebody came to him and, you know, was like, you know what? You need to just you need to keep working hard. Don't stop now. Just keep seeing everybody. <laughs> you know you're gonna know. <laughs> it's gonna be like, um, all right, you'll you'll know. So, cause anybody can come up and give you advice and say, well, they didn't take my advice. Well, was it right? Was it in the right spirit? Like Jane said, um, about to try the spirits. Like you have to make sure. So that I think, as Sister Chatty was saying, that through a, a difference in it, not just yes, you do need to accept people. You know, be open to receive. But you also need to have that filter to know. That's why you need to stay in tune with the Lord to know, hey, yeah, that ain't right. Thank you for the information. Don't call me. I'll call you. But, you know, the Lord will have somebody come up and you're like, all right, you know, that's it. So I think that was a very important thing with all things being equal in that term. Like, say you you can tell and know God's voice and all. You should be willing to receive, not just say, you know what? God called me. He raised me up. He had me leave and come back. He come on through. I, he got. He gave me a wife. I have kids. I <laughs> delivered you out of uh, Egypt. God did, but he used me. So who are you? <laughs> you don't even live here. You're not even from my same zip code. Because at the end of the chapter, it said that he he told him and he harvested his word. He went back to his own land. Mm-hmm. So it was like, who are you? 
come to tell me you ain't gonna live here. But Moses knew that those were good words, and the Lord uses different people a lot of times. And that's just also to prove mm -hmm. it's not that he's not using you anymore, but he also uses and it helps give confirmation to show you that he's talking and that's confirmation for them. Um, so I, I think and I agree with all of that. That's very important. You gotta know. Know for yourself and be willing to accept. Um now <laughs> in chapter 19, it had only been three months. Three months. That's the first trimester of a, a, a pregnancy three months and they already didn't want to hear nothing Moses had to say now before they got to complain about the water when they said they tried with them tried it with them um but as soon as it got a little little creepy excuse me a little creepy it was like something went wrong oh no and it got to the point where he's like they're gonna kill me they're trying to stone me again you know so they didn't want to hear Moses at all and of course God once again and I underline the word um, you know, so to speak. Again, again, he confirmed him, Moses, with his words. He told him, "All right, they want to be smart mouth and so many words. They said they want, they want to hear from. Like if it's God, we'll hear from Him, as if He wasn't nobody." And so Moses was probably a little hurt. Like now I've been sitting up here, then told what you stay like doing all this, and you know, like I think about our preachers. I'm bringing it on home. Our preachers, they didn't stay up praying for you, getting this new job, getting this new position. And then when one thing go wrong, you come out talking to them, I knew you wasn't a man of God. Well. Because now they're talking about firing me. Well, that's part of your test and trial. How do you know that the new job wasn't, you get the job being fired and get moved up to CEO, but you, you being salty about this and you, I knew you wasn't right. Well, that was them. And so, that being said, God gave Moses what to tell him. It was certain things to do. He said, if they want to see my face, so to speak, if they want to hear my voice, I need to tell them to wash their clothes. Don't call me nasty, dirty, and stanky. Wash the clothes. And your whiskers, your butts. Um, abstain from sex. So don't be living it up. Put, push yourself aside. Now with all these certain things to do, how to, what to do, and tell them don't come within a certain feet. He gave them certain things to do. So with all that in mind, my question is, is it necessary to clean up, quote unquote, in other words, make changes before hearing from God? Oh, definitely. This is a prime example in the Old Testament. A lot of people like to say as far as salvation and that the salvation has come, you don't have to make any changes. If God required this in the beginning of time, that they had to not touch their wives for so many days or mm -hmm. a day or so before, they couldn't eat certain things, if I'm not mistaken, they right. had to right. dress up, you know, clean raiment. He had requirements from the what they did right. to what they ate. I mean, that's pretty. And then told him how close to come to the area where he would be. Like, I will be there, but they cannot come within so many feet or cubits or whatever of this area. If he was that specific, then I would assume he'd be even more specific now. Like, he hasn't changed. Not not being becoming more lenient, if anything. Because the earth was, the mankind was so bad. Mankind had gotten so bad that he had to come down and die all right be a perfect example just so mm -hmm. we couldn't say well nobody's perfect because matthew 5 48 be therefore perfect even as your father, father. which is in heaven is perfect and jesus can say that because he was the earthly version you know that flesh right. version of manifestation the manifestation of the one that of god so yes. um with that being said he didn't do all of that just for us to tell him how we gonna get in heaven 
you know, it's necessary for us to do certain things for us to even hear from him. And for one, for him to hear from us. Because the scripture lets us know in John that God heareth not a sinner's prayer. So, I mean, it's become popular because of different songs and sermons where people not necessarily reading the entire Bible, maybe their fault or not, but thinking that, oh, a sinner's prayer. Yeah, there's a sinner's prayer. And what the scripture (laughs) says is God does not hear that. But he that doeth righteousness, him God heareth, or the will of the Lord. But unless you're seeking, yes, unless you're seeking or doing right, doing what you know to do that is good, God's not even going to hear from you. So if you can't, if God can't hear from us, if we're not doing right, I'm pretty sure we can't hear from him. But yes. I think the scripture said, him that worships God, him, he, the Lord will hear. Yeah, and worship is God. a lifestyle. You're obeying yes. him. Worship is not just praise. It's not just shouting. But you have to live a certain way. What he required of them will be considered worship. They had to worship him a specific way for a certain amount of time before they could hear from him since they wanted to be we'll hear it straight from his mouth they couldn't hear it from Moses but somehow they're going to surpass the leader and, and hear it straight from God but yeah that, that was one of those things I forget the original question but that's my answer <laughs> no that was good it was flowing on through there go ahead oh, I was going to say before you said that uh, to sum up what you said you said that worship is an event and it's, it's, it's not an event it's a lifestyle, lifestyle. Right. so it's not something you go get tickets to one time and do that's praise we right. do it here and we stop with worship that's your lifestyle so anyway I love that alright then so um, you have to clean up you got to do you got to do something you got to do something for the Lord yes. amen don't 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 be thinking about you know well I ain't got to do nothing but just show up you have got to do you if you got the nerve to show up you got to show up right. Right, right. Right? Uh, I will say you all have been saying, you know, here and there a little, you know, a little scripture um, from the New Testament, but just my mind goes to when the people wanted to know after Peter laid it out, what was going on. Christ, what to say, had, had been crucified. And men and brother, what shall we do? It's somebody they wanted to know. And first off, he said, repent. You got to get sorry for what you've done. So you, whatever it is, whenever you choose to go before God, if you're going to do that, don't come here, you know, Lord, here I am. And just, oh, at least humility. I am so sorry, Lord. Fess up. Right. Let him know. Yes. Explain to him how you need him. Right. How much you need him. Yes. So it's something that you have got to do. Don't come in there with, you know, some, well, I'm going to say cigarette in your mouth. And uh, what I'm saying, in other words, you don't come in doing whatever and everything that right. you've been doing with the, with the say, well, you done been to work. You didn't come. All it is. Right. And you're going to bring all of those problems to the Lord. And the thing is, but what have you done? What have you done? Now, if this thing's happening and you didn't cuss the, the first oh, a person out, the next one that come along, you, you know, hit them in the mouth. Because you didn't <laughs> like what they were saying. 
Yeah, and and then the other thing is like, you know, and every time when you did it, you said in Jesus' name, you know he said, whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all it. Oh, you can preach. Don't some folks can they can pull. They can pull out some, some verses. But the thing is, what have you done? You know, towards what God wants you to do. You're exactly right. Like I said, there has to be a change. And I was going to say this before I do the closing. Um, when you mentioned about the cigarettes, because uh, side note, I've had a lot of people say, well, he doesn't say don't smoke in the Bible. He says cigarettes. Well, they didn't call that that back then. But it does say that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Right. And if you commit sin against his body, like, what well, you know that's wrong. So you know you wouldn't go slap yourself in the face. And they clearly tell you on the commercials at the bottom and fine print on the package how it hurts. It can give you cancer. Do, why would toxic. You, it's toxic. toxic. Why would you keep doing something like that? Well, that's what that is. You put that down. Put that drink. You know, put that drink down. People's like, well, I'm not getting drunk. It said to be sober. How about it said that um, wine is a marker and strong, strong drink, drink and grape juice. He who is deceived thereby is not, not wise. Right. Come right. away from it. You want some fruit juice? Get you some grape juice. It's unfermented. You know what I mean? And Do everything and slow down. So <laughs> there, there's a change that has to come. You know, like I said, some things they didn't have the words for it back in the day because we didn't got new modern and made up stuff. But the idea, the concept was the same. They had to come away from that. And I think that's very, very important what Sister Chatty was saying. There has to be a difference. There has to be a change. You have to be willing to say, here it is. Because even after all that, God said, after all that they do, don't let them come be any, anywhere past this. Because if they do, I don't care if it's an animal, I don't care if it's a beast, I don't care if it's an accident, you, you're going down. He means it. So you're going to come to him any kind of way. And I think that this is a very good example um, of that. And I, wasn't, I, was, I don't know how much time we have left. I think it's almost time. But, um, but anyway... I look, I'm so grateful that you all got a chance to tune in with us on today. It's a very good discussion. Hopefully something you heard, bless your soul. Feel free to share. Matter of fact, if you want to chime in and give us some questions, ask us some things, feel free to text us at 870-510-7655 or email us at truelachurch at gmail.com. Next week we'll be doing Exodus chapters 20 through 23. We will let you tune in with us next week. Bye.